It's Easter, everyone, and we decided why, uh, you know, what better celebrity to profile on Easter than uh, the one one of them who had left us too early on uh, on Easter Sunday. He came back, though. He did come back, and um, he came back. Jesus. So I think you were joking when you emailed that to me, and then it turned into not a joke, and now I'm very happy that we're profiling the Lord. Like, y'all listen, Jesus is celebrity. This is a celebrity health help podcast. Like no one, like there's not a person alive who's not at least heard of Jesus, right? So like you may not have seen his movies, read his books, or whatever, but like at least you know of him. Maybe. I like Kim Kardashian. No one knows anyone about her or anything about her, but like everyone knows that she exists. You just compared Jesus and Kim Kardashian. I'm just saying, as far as like uh, you know, A-listers or whatever. It he's definitely an A-lister. When did he first hear about Jesus? Uh, I was a Sunday school person back in the day, so uh, you know we we jumped into um, we jumped into a few uh, uh, Jesus related subjects back in the uh, back in the old United Church days. So you went to church when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You, United. What was what did you just say? United. Yeah. What's that? It's the indecisive denomination. It's called United. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Just United, not United Latter-day Saints, United Methodists, United Baptists, just the United. Exactly. United Church. It's just, it's like, it's, it's a little melange of everything, you know, for folks who can't really make up their mind. Okay. That's, that must be a Canadian thing. I've never heard of that before in my life, but that's great. Um, do you want to give us a 60 second breakdown of Jesus of Nazareth? And now a 60 second career breakdown. Jesus of Nazareth, born December 25th, year zero. Most Christians believe that he was the incarnation of God, the Son, and awaited Messiah, the Christ, prophesied by the Hebrew Bible. It's always a shame when your birthday lands on Christmas, too, you know? Like, it's like your special day gets overshadowed, then your birthday cake is like an afterthought to this giant turkey dinner. I don't know, it's, just, it's, really, it's really not fair. Virtually all modern scholars of antiquity agree that Jesus existed historically. Accounts of Jesus' life are contained in the Gospels. Christian theology includes the belief that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was born a virgin named Mary, performed miracles, founded the Christian church, died by crucifixion, and a sacrifice to achieve atonement for sin, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven from where he will return. Okay, so early vision. Uh, he came from a, uh, uh, He came from a life of adversity. Okay, he was born out of wedlock. And imagine growing up with a dad who just, you know, he's just biting his tongue his entire life. He's just like, his wife's like, I swear it was the Holy Spirit. He's like, please believe me. No, in the Bible, an angel came to Joseph too because he was mad, I think, or something. He didn't understand. And the angel's like, no, for real, for real, this was God. So I think God had Mary's back. Joseph knew what was up. Sure, this angel wasn't in cahoots with Mary. She's like, here's 20 pence. Go, you know, tell my husband that this is for real. They did have angel human babies in the Bible. Do you remember that? It's like in the Old Testament where, or was it demons and humans? I don't know, but there was some crazy ass stuff going on in the Old Testament. But we're going to stick to the New Testament and <laughs> not to freak everybody out. Uh, vision, he said adversity. So he was born in a stable, out of wedlock. Do you really think his childhood was hard? I don't feel like it was. Well, I just like we look at other celebrities that we've profiled, like um, like Leo. He had both creative parents, right? So it's just like he's they encouraged him to, you know, to conduct creative activities as a young person and, and just pursue a creative career. But like growing up, Jesus is like, I want to be a carpenter. His parents are like, No, you're taking over the family business, and that's basically it. 
Yeah, there was a story where Jesus went to a temple and was preaching and his mom lost him and was really mad at him. And then he she finds him and he's like, what else would I be doing but about my father's business? Oh, there you go. See, he, he did. He, okay, so he wanted to follow in the footsteps. I thought, it, I thought he was rebelling as teenagers usually do. I think he knew there was something off with him. I have no idea. There's like three scriptures. I was really, really into the Bible when I was a teenager and I was searching for Jesus, how are you when you were a teenager? And the only thing I could find was that story. And there was one more, I can't remember it. And then there was a scripture that said, and then he grew in wisdom and stature. And that's the only thing they said about his childhood. But if you're the incarnation of God's son, like it's pretty big boots to fill, right? Like he obviously took a good stab at it. Like there's, but like even today's psychology, there's even naming your kid the same name as you or, or, you know, encourage them to take over the family business or whatever it is. Like there's repercussions to that kind of thing. You should kind of let them be individuals. Am I right? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think I think more about Mary and Joseph more in this context than him, because I know that the Bible says he was human, but I also it's very hard for me to think of it in that way. I always feel like he's like a divine being on earth in a human body, but does he really feel, and the Bible says he does, but I don't, I still don't see how okay, he... well, picture picture a real life human in today's standards okay he's a teenager jesus and he's like you know there's a lot of pressure on the guy who just probably wants to be left alone in his workshop whittling things like he wants to be you know he gravitates to carpentry and, and woodworking and what have you so is does he really want to take responsibility of of saving the free world dang i've never thought about that that's really really deep Thank you. <laughs> so what do we what do we learn from his vision? Is there anything that stands out to you? Like this this shows for creatives, people who are pursuing um, some kind of creative work. I was really frustrated. Um, I posted on Facebook the other day. I kind of cheated because I didn't want to do the research and look through the Bible myself. So I post on Facebook because that's what you do when you have religious questions. And I said, where in the Bible did Jesus talk about being creative ever in his life? And I had like 50-something comments of all these people, crazy ass, they were pulling things out of their butt, like hardcore. A, they were quoting stuff in the Old Testament, which Jesus was in there, y'all. But mostly it was God was a creator, so Jesus was a creator, so we are creator. And I'm like, I think that's a pretty far stretch. I don't necessarily see a lot of correlation between Jesus and creative work. I really have failed as a parent, though, because it, breakfast the other day my oldest somehow easter got brought up and i'm like yeah you know what's easter about and she's like it's about the easter bunny and i was like it's supposed to be about resurrection sunday and she's like jesus being born i'm like no that's christmas so <laughs> parent win right here did you like raise your boys with resurrection sunday or was it easter easter sunday Friday is is off school. That's all my children know at at this moment in time. And every year I I tell them like this is this is when Christ was crucified. But did he die? When did he, when was he actually crucified? Was it like Thursday? I don't dinner? believe you. I don't believe that on the Friday. I don't believe you that you walk up and you're like, "Good morning, boys. Today is the day that Jesus was crucified. What would you like for breakfast?" Well, it's because they're off. They're they're excited. They're off school, and I want to put a damper on their sunshine. So I want to tell them all about the, the things that happened two thousand 
23 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Jesus was, we moved him past his teenagehood. We don't really know what happens. And the most, I guess, big life event in the Bible, at least, was this baptism that you're talking about. Who's John the Baptist? John the Baptist is the guy who baptized him. <laughs> and it was basically... Like, and it was an early, you know, one of the first experiences of circumcision. And so he urged circumcision? others to do the circumcision. This was a big deal back then. He was circumcised before he got baptized? It was around the time when circumcision was becoming popular. It's like, uh, he became kind of like an early influencer. It's like, back then, circumcisions were like the lower back tattoo of the early 2000s. Like, once you see one in person, you're like, that looks badass. We're going to get that. canceled. I mean, this entire episode is going... <laughs> No, we're, he's, a, he's an influencer. Like, we, have you? I mean, I'm not gonna. We don't have to get into detail about uh, your history, but like, um, you probably. I mean, do you have a preference, circumcised or not circumcised? Like, imagine taking a look and you're like, you know what? That looks dope. I need that in my life. I have a response, but there is absolutely no way I'm bringing this up on a Jesus episode. I can't do it. We're gonna have to talk about that. With another Jewish in, in the extras on Patreon, uh, we will tell you all of. <laughs> John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah, United Church failed you, but go ahead. You go ahead. You know the answer is apparent. Why was he getting baptized though? Because this was symbolic of something. He was. It wasn't just like, "Hey, your mom says you need to go get baptized." This was like a that and the circumcision. Y'all come doing that. Um, was symbolic of a new stage in his life, which was. Would it be awkward mm -hmm. circumcising your nephew's d Like, I can't even imagine. I have nephews right now, and I'm like, no way. I'm not even going near. Like, that's, I don't even, like. I can't imagine the pain as a grown man. I mean, at babies, it's just heartbreaking, right? But a man going through that? I mean, I got it done when I was a baby. I don't remember it, but I remember in grade one when I got my adenoids out. Uh, so what? I was going into or just, it a kind of thing in the back of your nose or something. I had a runny nose or whatever. So I thought that might be the problem. But anyway, the kid next to me was my age, the grade one, what are you, like six or something like that? Mm -hmm. And he was getting circumcised and he was freaking out. And I'm like, I feel you, dude. Like, that's way worse. Than Surely they put kids under at that point. Probably did. But I mean, even the gas mask is scary. Right. But Jesus today, they have no gas mask. Like, this is like laid out on the rock. Hold still. Here's some wine. You can't feed a wine to a baby. No, I'm talking about Jesus when Jesus was like... This is a really, we need to move on. Okay, let's go, let's go on to, uh, okay, so tell us more about John the Baptist. <laughs> okay. No, no. Okay, we're just trying to move the story along so we can get to Jesus's X factor and things that we can learn as a creative. So he gets baptized by John the Baptist, and this was the initiation into his ministry ministry, right? Because he had a call in his life and he was going to go out and do things for people. I wish that Jesus wrote a self-help book because- The Bible? I've never heard of it. Listen, I feel that, what would be the equivalent? Of, is the is the Bible the equivalent of like Instagram back then? Like what? It, like if you have a message that you want to tell the world today, you make a, like a YouTube video or whatever. So what he mm -hmm. what was he doing to spread his good word? Uh, Standing on mountaintops. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, there was no microphones or anything. You'd stand up at a mountaintop, and all these people would come. It's like Woodstock without speakers. I have a follow-up question. Why would he drag everyone to the top of a mountain to tell them this when 
you could achieve the same volume at sea level. Can you? Well, think about it. You're on a mountaintop and everyone's at the bottom of the mountain. They're not going to be able to hear you. So you got to drag everyone to the top of the mountain in order to hear you. So why would you just say the message on the ground and now everyone's not dehydrated by the time they're hearing your message? I don't know. I, I, about this, Heather? I'm just, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, there are, there's famine and there's wars and there's injustices and there's these horrible things out in the world and you're stuck on why Jesus brought people up on a mountaintop. I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense. But people were drawn to him. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about it, but I had to bet this man was charismatic. Had to. Okay, so I'm not equating... I, I, what I want to say, so like take someone like Tony Robbins. No, I'm not saying he's he's well Kim Kardashian. Like I'm just saying he's charismatic and people love him and follow him. So like, d- does he have that same? Does the charisma that he had look the same two thousand years ago? I don't think Jesus was hype. I think Jesus was saying things that other people weren't saying. And you talk about you know how people say oh you need to be controversial. I think he was rubbing the edges of something and people were interested so what you're saying is jesus is like andrew tate god there's so many things in here i'm not good at. what you would just you just say he's controversial and he wants to get a, he's saying things that no one else wants to say and maybe you know maybe no. He... no 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 heather did not say this heather did not say that what i'm, I'm saying... pretty sure you said it we're recording right now so we know exactly no what just... no what i'm saying is jesus was Edgy, edgy. And people were bored. And people are bored. And when you are equal, right, we're looking for disruption. That's human psychology one-on-one. And so I'm listening to these Pharisees. They're telling me the same stuff over and over again. I'm getting persecuted. And here comes someone that liberates people that says, hey, you have a gift. You have a calling. There's some redemption here. You are royalty. And people are drawn to that. That's why we're drawn to self-help. It tells us that we're more. Okay, so I mean, we can save this for later on. Like, are, are how are you adding disruption to your creative career? I'm changing the format right now. So I started writing last week a short that I've never done before. And so it's the same kind of message, same content, but it's a different format. And so that's a disruption. Collaboration, I think, is a disruption. It's clashy, you know, doing this kind of stuff with you and other people. That's a disruption. Maybe it's not a big enough. What about you? I don't know. Do you wish you were doing this specific episode by yourself? No, You're sweating it's good. Right now, so I, I, I am sweating and it makes me nervous. Here's the deal. Okay, let's let's just get to the heart of it real quick. I grew up where you did not ever say something sacrilegious ever. Like it was like Jesus is holy, right? So you're saying me asking these these fact finding questions is sacrilegious? No. It's it's not because my logical brain. Why do you go to the top of the mountain? Like, why is that even sacrilegious? I'm just asking these questions. You don't know how I grew up, yo. I was a nun. I was a nunnery. Do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> Let's just go here. Here's the thing. <laughs> to answer your question from before, like he 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 Joe he he spoke from mountaintops and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make any sense to me because a you can't amplify yourself from the top of a mountain. The wind will take away the volume. I heard through my research that he would teach through parable. So regardless of where he was shouting these things out from, he would create uh, stories around the teachings that he wanted to uh, instill in these people. Why are you stealing my notes? Because that was one of my takeaways. 
Jesus the Creator. He spoke. Don't we both have the website for Wikipedia. I don't know. <laughs> like what? No, I actually got this from Facebook. Somebody commented that, and I was like, "That's actually brilliant." He was a master storyteller. Because we don't get things, and so we have to be creative in the way that we communicate. So to answer your question from before, do I believe? I believe that uh, a story exists that all of this is encompassed by. Whether it's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, this reminds me. What was it? It was one of my favorite parts of this show when I was like, are you spiritual? <laughs> and you're like, I believe in, I believe in things. I, would, I forget what my actual answer was. But it was BS, like, have... like skirting around, <laughs> aloof thing I've ever heard in my entire life, Rory Gardner. <laughs> Come on, man. Just be honest. Like, do you believe like Jesus' divinity, only way to God, like all that? Are you like a Christian person or not? Like, tell me the truth. There was a time when I was, when I was all in, but I mean, as you grow up and hear other things you don't necessarily need to believe word for word verbatim in order to uh, still abide by some of these uh, these rules and regulations that the bible mm -hmm. has laid out for us when were you all in sunday school i, I had nothing else to do a i child? played mario kart i went to sunday school like these are the two things that were encompassing my life and feeling calculus <laughs> okay all right so are we i mean this moved Jesus's life along. He gets baptized. He goes into ministry, three years in ministry, and they they always say around thirty three years old, he was crucified. Um, the Pharisees were pissed. They're like, "You're talking crazy. We're gonna kill you." Side note: Did I y'all hear that the church people killed him? Anyway, dies on the cross. They put him in the tomb. Three days later, he rolls on out of there. It's the keys to hell. I'm going through this fast. And then goes up to heaven. And now it's like a story. And we follow the teaching of Jesus. People, usually in America, in the South. Um, and that's the story. <laughs> so rest that's the story. Well, that's some of what you're saying. So, But the people that do believe are, and you have created that sort of belief, is, is that's the early Christian church, right? And he's... Right left a legacy of his teachings sort of like like when michael jackson passed his music catalog still makes his publishing company very wealthy to this day right it's his legacy right so his life in jerusalem this is the, this is a takeaway you might have the same is basically the week leading up to his crucifixion is that right and it's referred to as the passion okay some would say it's his entire life but I think ideally like the, the week leading up to his, his crucifixion and everyone these days is like, find your passion. But like, I don't think passion is found. It is discovered through living a fulfilled life. Tell me more. That's interesting. Let's use today's example. So let's just say you're a lost lady and you're like, ah, I got nothing to do. I need to find my passion. I just haven't found my passion yet. And you're just, you're, you're spinning your wheels. You're like, ah, wait, wait, there's nothing to do. Anyway, so what you need to do is just take one step in That's the right direction and then you discover your passion through, through, through living, through, through forward momentum. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like somebody else commented this when I was talking about creativity. He said, it's a, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. It's a privilege to be able to create and not everybody is able to do that because of their life circumstances and if you think about purpose I, inter I interviewed my dad the other day for the show and he had a crazy ass life 
And so I asked him about like calling and purpose and if he believed in all that. And he said he didn't necessarily believe in it because he said my entire life I've just had to figure out how to survive. So I've never really had the bandwidth to think about purpose and calling and stuff like that. Um, what do you think about that? Before we jump into that, I, I feel like so many people talk about like it's the best to interview your parents because you can really get to the, the meat and potatoes. And, and... You have no idea. Yeah, like I, I, I've thought about it, and then I'm like, you know, I'm good. I feel like I'm going to um, maybe one day, but. Well, I did it more for, uh, I can cut this out, it doesn't matter. I was thinking more about my kids having that one day, because um, my grandparents, I mean, I never knew them, and so I don't know their story, and documenting dad's life, I can give it to my girls one day. So it's more about that than anything yeah i feel like i i feel like that was my grandparents it's like they they all sort of passed or at least some of them passed when i was younger and i wish i had developed a relationship with them as adults because there's mm -hmm. a lot i could have uh learned or uncovered yeah but this whole passion thing i guess this is where this story of jesus gets hard for me because when you grow up in a lot of deep, deep religion, they tell you to deny yourself and deny your gifts and deny your desires. And I've chosen not to believe that shit. <laughs> now that I've gotten older and I've deconstructed from a lot of the church stuff, I think Jesus was like, what lights you up, you know? Um, so that's where I think religion and spirituality get kind of messy because I was always told, hey, Heather, you have these gifts. You need to give them over to God and not be selfish and use them. And then when I got out of the church, then I'm like, this is bullshit. Um, God didn't give me my gift with people and my communication skills to torture me with them. There's no way. So exactly. My belief system is take everything with a grain of salt. Roy 7, verse 23. Exactly. Yeah. So anything about his, I guess, history and life before we kind of dig into how this applies to creativity that I missed or you think is important? Well, considering it's Easter right now, we should get to the bottom of what we spoke about earlier. Like his crucifixion was honored on Good Friday, his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, so the folks who hung him on the cross were like, you know, I have a busy weekend. We're going to take care of this on Friday before end of day. And it's not leaking into my Saturday, right? But then it took him like two days to pass, right? And so they're, they're finding like, let's enjoy some Easter eggs. What happened on the Saturday? I, that's what I want to know. Like where, were they just like, just waiting? Was Is there any significance to Saturday? I don't know. You're asking questions I've never thought about before in my life. I've never thought about Saturday. I've never thought about why Jesus was on a mountain, wasn't at the ocean. Like, you were just really messing with my brain, dude. This is my superpower, I think, in uh, uh, these, these these questions that I say superpower. It might be a, a just a significant fault in my wiring. But um, what what is it about that? Is it because you want to know the details of every single thing? Or what is it that makes you curious about this stuff that nobody asks. If I want to get some sinning done on a long weekend, do I do that on a Saturday? For sure. Okay. You know that's true. Moving on. How do we apply this into our own creative career? Do you feel like well, Jesus has played a part in your creative career? I think his, his teachings have definitely played a role. So check us out. Uh, first of all, reassurance that, that being circumcised is the way to go. I didn't know that until I was doing research for this. It's fantastic. What would Jesus do? get circumcised, right? 
Um, I mean, I don't know. I've I've heard nothing but positive feedback from folks who have had the opportunity to indulge. But also, I love the fact that uh, his life was considered passion. Right? We just we just talked about it. And although I don't admire the way he went out, I do vibe with his lifestyle while he was here. He had a good balance of creativity. He was whittling things. He had like a release. You know, he used to get stressed out trying to teach his good word. They're like, I don't want to hear your BS. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go build a chair. He had that skill set. I don't have that skill set. Throw over chairs in a temple. Yeah, and he, but he could fix them. Like he wasn't liable. Like he could. He probably had a tool belt that no one talks about in the in the thing. He probably fixed all. Of the, he probably built those chairs to begin with. You need to be a film writer. You need to write scripts. Your imagination is out of this world. Out of this world. I'm just jealous that he. Had, I don't have that. He, he just when I put on a tool belt, I devalue my home. I wish I had the skill set of building things with my bare hands. If you wish you had the skill set, what have we learned in this show? You can. You need to practice every single day. That's what Seth Godin would say. So go tear something up and go fix it. But in fact, is okay. So this passion we talk about is like he's he's in the game, right? He just, he's not like an armchair expert, like shouting things from the sidelines. Like ah, he's just like he's he he's a learner, right? He always wants to learn more and teach others what he's learned along the way, so that maybe it makes their journey a little less bumpy. And so. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what I vibe with. Tell That's why this me. show exists, probably. Right? Tell me tell me more. What do you mean by that? Teach by example. Teach by example. Huh. Do you I feel like Jesus really got to the heart of things? Um that's kind of his brand. <laughs> Speaking to the depths of stuff and making stuff a little bit deeper. And I know one of the things with you has been like you want your work, especially in your later years, to have some kind of meaning to them. Do you feel like that comes from your religious, spiritual background or what? Do you credit that to religion or what? No, I think it's a a feeling that we all have. I don't think that's true. There's some lazy ass, apathetic people in this world. You know it's true. And you're like, where is any depth in you? I do, but I mean, the people that want to use, okay, we've talked about it previously, there's like self-help is like a new spirit guide for today's. Totally. It's just sort of uncovered. It's not, there's no religion attached to it, right? Right, right. And so if religion is all you know, and it's the destination in which you seek to desire, then use that as your roadmap and, and seek it out. But if you, but I think we all, no one's going to seek anything out unless they are thirsty <laughs> or unless it's like it's like a habit on your childhood like this is what this is how i was raised and this is what we're doing right now right but there are people that are at their last limbs or whatever the heck and they're like i need something like the and like aa is a perfect example of something that's really i love AA. parallel to um to religion yeah have you been to, to alcoholics anonymous no i have it's amazing we are in a um in, th- in school to be a therapist they're like okay you have to go to an AA meeting or a few of them because I was doing addiction recovery at this place or whatever uh, which is horrible you should never do addiction recovery as a therapist if you've never been addicted to anything but I went to AA and I dude I bowled like a baby in there I was in the back I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just crying everybody's like oh my gosh she must be really struggling and I'm like it was the most I've been I've been to ministry school. I've traveled all over the U.S. and different churches and did ministry full time for several years. And 
I've never been to anything more spiritual and beautiful than AA, period. I can see it helps a lot of people worldwide. It's been around forever. And I totally, I get why people use it or use alcohol as a coping mechanism, just as long as you don't overdo it. You know what I mean? I am, I, I like to drink, but it's not like a drinking problem for me. It's like a drinking solution. I have two kids. Like it just, sometimes it helps you. A drinking solution. You never answered my question. I asked you and you went on some rabbit trail and you do that. I've noticed that. I'm not really a good politician. When I ask, whenever I ask you anything very specific, it's really funny. I've, I've noticed you'll, you'll go over here. <laughs> so. I've heard, I've heard, that's a tactic that, that, uh, they, they do in PR training where it's, if, if there's a question that you don't want to answer, it's like, don't just say no, but like tell another story that's captivating enough that they will forget the ask the original question. But and my stories are not captivating enough because you keep coming back to the same point. I'm a previous therapist, man. That's my job <laughs> to like notice when people were BSing me. Did <laughs> spirituality, religion, do you credit that to the root of why you want to make a difference with your work? Or do you think those are... Oh, I, I thought I answered that. It's they're unrelated as far as I'm concerned. Unrelated. Okay, so where do you think that that desire to make a difference is? It just an innate thing that we all have. Well, just the for for me, it's an innate thing that I have. I, I don't know what other people's deal is, but like only when I was researching this episode did I find that. I mean, some, I I knew that that's what Jesus's thing was, but like I I didn't it didn't read it on paper verbatim until doing research for this episode. Really? <laughs> like I knew that's what, that's this whole thing, but like it's just until you, I haven't thought about it in 30 years. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, um, what did you think Jesus's deal was? Uh, God's like, tell these people these things. Cause I'm up here. I got stuff to do and Jesus is down there. So could you, you know, send the message for me? And he did his best. And they crucified him for it. Do you see anything related specific to creatives in our work through his story and his life and his struggles? Anything takeaway, honestly, that you can pull from? Well, for me, it was, yeah, we, again, it was more of a reassurance thing. Like, I like that's the path that he took and, and how he, um, yeah, he tried to make an impact, right? But what I actually took from you is, is the disruptive thing. I didn't realize that was his thing. And so maybe that could be something that I've, we've talked about it before. Like I'm trying to implement that more into my creativity. But again, that's difficult as well, right? It's, it's pushing you out of your comfort zone. Like at Jesus' sake, like no one wants to like, it's awkward when you're, <laughs> you're saying something that people don't want to hear. You feel like they're, you're invading their, their, um, it's like spam, right? It's like, it's like you get this email. It's like, buy our pills for this, that, and the other thing. Like, delete, right? No one wants to hear that stuff. So it's, uncomfortable but the the more and more you get those emails you're like you know what i could use uh uh some pills to help satisfy my partner or whatever and so that's like marketing you have to hear something seven or eight times before it actually starts to sink in right so how resilient do you need to be in order to keep telling these disciples over and over again the word of god before they're like fine for god's sakes we've seen this in other celebrities and throughout history when there is a disruption it's not ever immediate like vibe fame there's usually a death to whatever you're doing 
think about this. Jesus disrupting everything, saying like, hey, everything you've been taught is wrong. These This system, this structure is wrong. And people are like, yay, you're awesome, you're awesome. Three years later, dead. They kill him, right? Um, then he gets resurrected, and then now the legacy has been however long. So if you look throughout history, anybody who's ever done anything really impactful, there's been that disruption. There's been a small group of people who rally around them, and then they usually either physically die or their work dies. Um, and there's like a time period that they lose everything. And then there's some kind of resurrection with that message or with that work later on, whether it's through Martin Luther King Jr., perfect example. He disrupts everything. He dies. But guess what? The legacy still lives on. So I'm not saying everybody has to die, but there is a, even Ellen, you know what I mean? She comes out and says, hey, this is, our system's jacked up that we can't have this in media. She loses her job for several years and then she comes back and now she's famous. So if there's something you're wanting to really drive home, you're probably going to have to be okay with metaphorically dying um, for a few years until people catch up. Is that basically what modern-day cancel culture would be? Or is it because there's cancel culture more of a uh, polarizing opinion that does not have merit? I think it. that's such a great observation. I never thought about that, but um, I think the mix, I think it's a mixture of the two. I think some people are just stupid idiots and need to stop being prejudiced assholes. <laughs> and then some people have some really... The only one that said Andrew Tate was a lot like, okay, here's it, here's it, I'll be devil's advocate again with him. He says a lot of dumb stuff, but any anything polarizes a lot of audiences. Perhaps that's why he want he ever wants to cancel them. But there's a reason he has a giant audience. Is there an inkling of something that he's saying making sense? Mm-hmm. Probably. What's his main message? It's it's a, kind of like this alpha man thing, right? I guess he's just empowering men and like in showing the significance of where would we be if men didn't exist. Yeah. Sort of like a discount Jordan Peterson, I guess. But the point is, like, if you if you were approached in a Starbucks and some dude walks in, it's like, my dad's a spirit and he has some shit he wants to tell you. Uh, and he starts barking at totally. you. Are you like, could we totally. call security or are you totally. going to, like, listen to what he has to say? There is, there's this movie, and I'm going to piss a bunch of people off, but it's all good. Um, I've never in my life seen such an incredible... Um, depiction is that the right word of jesus who is that guy who's a little crazy who played joker uh joaquin phoenix he portrays jesus in a movie it was shot in italy have you seen that no but that guy is crazy as far as like acting and stuff brilliant we've got to cover him but he did exactly what you said. His portrayal of Jesus was a madman almost, where he's like running off and he's looking off in the stars and he's gibbering out to like nothing and saying he's talking to God. He looked dirty. He looked poor. He didn't look like this handsome man that everybody always portrays Jesus as. Um, and he wasn't in a disrespectful way. It showed the reality of what Jesus actually looked like to people, just like you said. What was with the other, what was with Pastor of the Christ that the actor who played him got not canceled but like kind of boycotted from hollywood afterwards for some reason and i don't recall what that was i don't know but he's like super strong and i was it's really weird you brought that up because the other day i randomly thought of him and looked up what he's doing now he's really involved in ministry um that's his whole focus right now 
I don't know, but I think, you know, to bring it back to the creative work, Jesus looked crazy. <laughs> and he literally lost his life, right? Here's what's interesting, and I just read this in our book that we're reading, that you're not reading. You know how I struggle with the whole point of view thing. That's always been really hard because in creativity they say, oh, you need to have a point of view, you need to have a point of view. And sometimes I'm like, I want to bring people together. Uh, Rick Rubin, who's a famous music producer, he was talking about how a point of view, the, the, the beauty of it isn't to have a point, it's to have a perspective. With all, the, all of us saying this about how Jesus like made a stand and died and all of that, I don't think everybody has that, and that's okay. Maybe your calling in your work isn't to make a point of something, but to reflect what you're seeing, because some people just need that translation. How does that relate to politics when people get so strung out about one person's opinion? Do, do, do y'all have that in Canada, or is it just here? Do we have a political government in Canada? No, we're just anarchy up here. No, I'm saying, are y'all as batshit crazy as we are? Like, it's so hot over here. Uh, it exists, and with any of that structure. What was your question? I'm sorry. I'm just so curious about Canadians. We could, Join us for our next episode where we profile Seth Rogen, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Mike Myers. Um, you said, is that uh, no, but, but, so You just said it's not necessarily an opinion as opposed to a perspective, but like a lot of candidates will pose an opinion uh and that's what sort of sets people off so could they how would they be able to <laughs> display a perspective without transparently giving their wholehearted opinion this is where i think the difference between wanting to have a reaction versus wanting to make a genuine difference because if we want to have a reaction to something we can show our ass on Instagram and get more followers and likes and present ourselves in the way that the world wants us to be presented and be div divisive. But if we really care about our work and what we're put on the earth to do, maybe it's being disruptive because that's true, or maybe it's being a translator and understanding our positioning. Politicians, for the most part, are looking for reaction because they want to be elected. They're not necessarily wanting to get to the heart and truly change things. Generally. That's sort of where you and I struggle with our creativity, whereas we, there's something we want to say, but that stuff doesn't necessarily vibe with the masses, right? So we, for these Mickey Mouse garbage, that gets a lot of likes because that's what people are into. But when it comes to maybe, okay, how, how would you apply that same sort of thing? We have, we have things we want to get across. How do you... How would you? How are you going to inject your perspective into some of these reels you're creating? These are such great questions. This is Thank you. really, really nice. Um, back to your, I could, and I was just looking at my analytics the other day. There's some video that has like, it's stupid, and I'm just like, Whoa. I'm kind of mad at myself that I posted it because I'm like, Heather, come on, girl, like, why are you posting this shit? <laughs> you know, if you think about views and stuff and reaction. Does it really do anything for us? Has it helped you sell tickets? Has it helped me get more downloads on my podcast? Have I sold anything? Absolutely not. The only thing it does is feed our little ego of like, oh, look, you know, 10,000 people scrolled by and paused for two seconds. They probably didn't even hit like, yippee, Heather, way to go. That's not art. That's not leadership. So it's a real mind F because 
we've got to get to a point where we're willing to let go of those small dopamine hits to invest in something that's a little bit more long-term. Did what you said, okay, before saying that with your, your, the dumb video you posted or whatever, even this week, like three days ago, I posted a video. We had an ice storm here and I posted a video of just some footage. It was just, I went outside for 60 seconds, recorded a few lines, cut it together, put it up, got 11 views. I'm like, you're a lazy twat. Why even, which, what was the point of doing that? The next morning it was still an ice storm. So I'm like, let's do it. All right. <laughs> and so I went out and actually put some effort into it and structured an actual thing with mm -hmm. the front, middle and end. And, mm -hmm. you know, six minutes, it got 15,000 views. Right. So it's yeah. it, it kind of, that was a light bulb for me. It's like, I've been pretty lazy over the last two years. So I need to just step up yeah. my game a little bit more. Intention. Uh, it's just the intention of it. Right. It's, it's but even though, Exactly. But that there's still, there was not a lot of intention behind that video other than to put smiles on faces. That's a beautiful thing. You know, yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's, that's my intention, but I'm not, it's not changing a narrative or anything like that. Well, all this to say too, you know, you and comedian people who make us laugh, I freaking need that sometimes. You know what I mean? Like there's purpose in that. I think back to the intention bit, if you know, I'm doing this because I want to bring joy to people's hearts versus I'm just doing, jumping on trends to jump on trends. Right. Um, I don't think everything has to be deep and meaningful. It just needs to be intentional. I'm so guilty of the trend thing. It's like so easy just to like put my own video into a trending sound. It doesn't do anything. Back to 2020, it did wonders, as you probably recall. But today, it does nothing for me. But I still do it because I'm in that habit of being lazy. Um, do you think Jesus would make content? Jesus, I think he had to. If if he's about to go into a market and start. Uh, spreading his word i think he's got to go in with a plan like you know what i mean you're not going to go in and start uh <laughs> like some drunk guy going in there ah, if you've seen people on the street you always cross to the other side of the street when a crazy person is going down that street right so he probably had a strategy to to get people's attention and and deliver his message then get out before he, he could be stoned or whatever Funny story about what you had just mentioned uh, with these all these views and stuff like that because I was having a conversation with some fellow comedians about selling tickets. There's this one particular guy in our region who's able to sell out theaters with his uh, his online profile, and it's because I think he really he he creates content to a really specific niche. He was he's Persian, and so he developed that audience. And so when he speaks to them, he's just like we're all doing comedy, but he's like uh, I don't know he he's he's speaking specifically to them and creating uh, a connection with that particular audience as opposed to me just trying to like you know brighten people's day 15 seconds at a time hmm. so I'm trying I still haven't figured out how I'm going to take away uh, apply that into my own thing but there's something in there well let's look at Jesus's life and talk about that so I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch <laughs> this is gonna be a stretch but let's go down there um, Jesus was talking to, and y'all forgive me if I'm wrong on this. I, I, it's been a minute, but the everyday Jewish folks who did not have money, um, who were persecuted from the church, he wasn't talking to the Pharisees and stuff like that. His people were his people, right? He grew up in that town and he spoke to those types of folks. So if you think about 
who are you, right? And how can you use your work to speak to people just like you? And I know that your target audience is usually women my age, right? Mom's over 30. Mom's over 30. But there's some part of you in that that I think is interesting. Like, why is it that niche? And why do you talk about family? Why do you talk about kids? Because there's, there's a theme there. And so if we can kind of get to that, I think we can maybe find your differentiation. Like, why mom's over 30? Why to, it, content? I didn't intend to do that. It, it's just with the TikTok algorithm created that. So I look at the analytics a couple of years ago, and I'm like, I'm trying to appeal to the cool kids. This is when I started appealing to the, the, the people that used to be cool kids uh, is when I started popping off a little bit. It's just because that's the life I live. Like, I have two kids of my own, and even when I write stand-up these days, it's like I can't write about dating or anything like that or... or, or uh, late nights or whatever it's it's all about my what i live on a daily basis you just said something interesting you said who used to be cool what do you mean by that it's a nice way of saying old people like you but i think that's interesting because if you think about you and i i don't know i the little bit i know about you you seemed like you toured you did a bunch of interesting stuff and then you kind of settled down a little bit more and didn't live that kind of lifestyle um and so the whiplash between, and you're still young and you have that heartbeat in you, being a dad with vibe who also is still a freaking dad. I think there's some interesting, because there's a lot of people who do parent content. And I don't think it's just that you're quote old. I think you're mature, but still have a spunky heart. That's what I would think your niche was. Uh, I've been Canadian. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I, Canadian folks, I know y'all are just over there. But y'all are different. Better, you mean? Totally. That's why when you're like, you want to move here, I'm like, friend, no, you don't. You don't. Uh, specifically for the entertainment business, like I don't think, and and the weather between January and March. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. Th that video that you posted, hell no. Your girl's wearing flip-flops and shorts like air day. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's it was a wild scene. It's just it's April. Is it, it, it the Easter episode? This happened two days ago in April. We have an ice storm. Come on now. Yeah. So takeaways from Jesus and your creative career is that it's reassurance. You mentioned finding so, your niche. W W J D. So it's like he he's he he has a life of purpose. It's, he's he's again in the game. Uh, walk into the direction in which you desire to end up. Don't just sit there and expect to be carried there. Um, and disruption, it was, it, was a, it was a cool one. I liked the way, how you mentioned that. So how do we push our creativity out, our comfort zone a little bit more? What's his X factor? Being the son of God? How's that sound? <laughs> Is there anything we can do with that? Like, Imagine it's like, all, like he's just like, he's getting pushed around. I was like, I had a buddy. I grew up with him, right? And, and... His mom was the principal. So like on the school ground, anything happens is like, well, I'm going to go to mom. Like, oh, you know what I mean? It's like, and usually that's like a bitch move. But like in his case, it's like, that's a, that's a, that's a baller, you know, mm -hmm. she, she runs the school. Right. And so I imagine Jesus kind of went through the same thing. It's like, I'm going to tell my dad on you who Joseph, no, <laughs> it's not Joseph. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, so that's what I took away from this. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that's his X factor. I think his X factor was he was a master communicator. Oh. He was able to get to the heart in, in people 
think about think about this. This is so we struggle getting people to hit a like button. Jesus had thousands of people climb a mountain to hear him, and they couldn't even hear him that well. <laughs> you talk about charisma. You talk about being what's that word? Magnetic. That I think that was his X factor. Mm-hmm. The resilience to get to the magnetic. There's it, it, he's probably polarizing right off the the gate, right? But he had to slowly build his his fan base. I heard something really interesting the other day. I, I was interviewing a gal on magnetism, uh, which sounds like medication. But I asked her, you know, how do you magnetism more... helps me sleep at night? I take it before bed. That's that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> I've got to drink more water. My brain is just like not working today. But she said. And I completely agree with this. She said, people love the light. And when you're lit up on something, people are naturally drawn to you. So it's less about how do I get Rory drawn in and more about how do I get myself lit up on something because other people are going to be drawn to that. And I'm not talking about like, woohoo, like extroversion, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this confidence, this passion with something that people people want to be near it right so what are you convicted about what what fire in your bones do you have but i like you because i like your whole vibe and the energy and stuff like that i think we're the, the same that way but i was reading recently of like the, like the what what the, the word you're trying to teach in all your reels and stuff like that it, it made me think i made me think of myself as well it, it, it like what problem specifically are we solving you know what I mean? Like we, Apathy. we we can preach all we want about all the self-help tools that we've learned along the way, but like, are we really solving someone's specific issue? And that's how we create fans. What issue are you solving? That's what I'm trying. I don't know. I know. And that's what, so I've said, so I'm, I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't, I need to figure out how to, so I think uh, frustration, let's just say to a, a person who, is going following a linear path and, and needs a little bit more out of life. Yeah. So I will give you the the Google set or, the, or or just an example of how you can encompass creativity in your life while also balancing the safer linear trail. Yeah, and I'm like, F the linear trail. Let's just throw everything to the wind. Um, no, but when I emailed you the other day and you said, what was your takeaway from that dude? I know the hero's journey. Like, it wasn't that. It was usually when I think of story, I think of what is the resolution, what's the solution. He's like, be obsessed with the obstacle. Like, really dig into that. And that's what I've been thinking this whole time. Like, what, even with this show, like, what's the struggle that these listeners are having? And how do we take this these stories and help them in our content? What's the issue? You said frustration. Usually it's your own frustration. So maybe that, but maybe this episode, this uh, podcast is like what you and I have. I don't think you're solving any of my problems, and I'm not solving any of yours. But we just like each other's company because we uh, push each other. Maybe right. this is what the, the podcast is for. Maybe, maybe, and if it's not, we just find some Jesus. But is Jesus? Is it, does he have the hero's journey? A hundred percent. Are you joking? I'm asking, I know he does. I'm just, I'm asking. uh, Yes, yes. And what was the issue? The sin of man, separation. So what you're saying is Luke Skywalker was Jesus. 
the things that I did not say in this episode that you said I said is unbelievable. I'm just saying that movie is, you know, it really captured the hero's journey to it. You don't key. like that movie. Every other movie, I don't like it either, but, it, but it, it's every other movie is based off that premise. Because we all, at the end of the day, want redemption. So George Lucas went to Sunday school as well. He ripped off the Bible. Right. Thank you, George. George Lucas is the devil. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to Celebrity Self-Help. Please leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think about the show. And we're also on Instagram at Celeb Self-Help. Open up the door on the passenger side and said, hey, girl, you need a ride. Just like that, it got real hot. Roll the rag top down, turn the radio up. Just let the wind blow. Oh, 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 oh. Just like that, a perfect night out on the tailgate. Take a little drive, girl. I just can't wait. So slide on up, grab a seat right next to me. Just like that. I didn't get a number or a friend request. She's an all-in girl, not like the rest. Ain't no wham bam thinking, man, night that you're gonna forget. She said, if you're looking for a toy or a Bobby doll, hey, keep on driving that at me at all. Boy, I can show you how to ride, throw me the keys, and you can saddle up next to me. Oh, it's just like that, it got real hot, roll the rag top down, turn the radio up, just let the wind blow. Oh, 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 and just like that, a perfect night out on the tailgate, take a little drive. I know you can't wait, so slide on over, grab a seat right next to me, just like that. I don't mind riding shotgun, this girl has got me bumping, can't wait to see where this road Like that, it got real hot. Roll the rag top down, turn the radio up, just let the wind blow. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Just like that, a perfect night out on the tailgate. Take a little drive, I just can't wait to slide on over. Grab a seat right next to me, and just like that. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Just like that. Whoa, oh, oh. Oh, 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 just like that.